Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the show. Tarot Priestess using the cards to heal, grow, and serve with Lisa Robertson is joining me here today in a minute. Uh, but I'll tell you, what, I want to thank, thank you to our friends at Llewellyn. Thank you, Kate, uh, and rather Kat and Linda for scheduling this for us. Um, I don't know, Benny, probably you didn't see it. I don't think Jacob did last night either, but uh, last night was the Critics' Choice Awards because we are now in pop culture awards season, right? You know, we're now in, in that mode where a year's or so worth of accomplishment people are looking at and the way that they do that in, in the guise of media and Hollywood is by giving out awards, uh, and, you know, when I think about these things and you look at the people that are performing and you look at what they've done, you know, you could take a look at somebody like Jane Campion and you can take a look at, you know, what is it, the power of dog, and you could see her award and her acknowledgement uh, for that. And you think about how do these folks rise up? You know, what is it? about being in this modern day that will enable somebody like she, director, producer, screenwriter, just to rise up. And you think of somebody like Halle Berry, who got award last night. And you think about her acceptance speech for that, you know, see me award, you know, to see what she has done to raise a level of awareness for women. And then you'd listen to her speech, right? No notes in front of her, just Halle Berry, boom, 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 just out there speaking. And hopefully when it's all said and done, and you could pick whomever is in your circle. You know, for me growing up as a kid, it was, it was just watching in awe people like Gloria Steinem who was speaking all the time, but we didn't have social media then. And you had to actually hear her talk or be around her presence. But what have we learned from them? And what have we learned that will help us heal? And I can't help when I think about some of these people. I think about what we're talking about today with Lisa. And that is, how do you become a modern day priestess? Now, many people will say, I'm missing the boat that there is a modern day priestess. And of course, we know that Stevie Nicks. But how do you become that modern day priestess? And so now we're going to have a great conversation. I've got a copy of the book in front of me. And, you know, this is where you step into a world and you watch what people are doing 
to help all of us recognize there's a level of consciousness we either have within us, can get to, haven't gotten to yet, but is available to us. We just need somebody like my special guest today hitting the switch on button for us. Lisa, it's great to have you. Welcome to the show. Wow, that was quite the intro. I feel like the intro was better than than me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say that's true. It is not true. You got more things going on. When I when I I, I said to Linda this morning, hey, call Kat at Llewellyn. And, and Linda says, why? I said, she, Lisa's got like so many cool things going on. <laughs> Which one are we talking about? Are we going to pull cards? What are we going to do today? It's exciting. But then I'm really am ref reflecting on the role of the high priestess or priestess in today's world. And I want to start with that before we dig into the book. And I have my copy right here. Um, boy, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. We just need to be fired up by a whole world of high priestesses. What do you think? <laughs> Actually, I'm kind of jealous because I have I don't have a copy of the book. <laughs> I, oh, okay, I got a I got a proof copy. I don't yeah, know. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny to be on these interviews and see people waving the books around. I'm like, I I don't have that yet. Um, so let's backtrack a little bit about why I personally wrote the book because yep. in many respects I wrote the book to take myself back on a journey of remembering yeah and it was one of those journeys where I wasn't the same at the end of writing that book as I was when I started and it really pulled me through the ringer going through the, the different gateways of the, the major arcana, working with the specific goddesses inside of the temple, the actual writing of that book was a truly transformational spiritual journey for me. And I actually had to have the deadline changed on that book because it it really was a deep journey. It wasn't just me sitting down to write a book. I was, I felt sometimes it became like a diary of my personal experience moving through the cards and the teachings and the healing work. And when I'd finished with it, I was, I really did have that thought of that's kind of where we're all at yeah. we're looking for our own sacred journey our own experiential healing that transforms and transmutes where we are to who we want to be at a soul level yeah i love that you said it that way because that's one of the questions i was going to ask you because after reading the book you know i get a sense of a few things right but I, it's almost impossible just to read some of the language or some of what you've put in here, you know, and, and even there's a statement in the beginning where you, you say something like, you know, despite all efforts to really, you know, take the sacred feminine or take, you know, just, just feminine practices, right? Sacred feminine, right? Just annihilate them, just squash them down. Despite all of that, you get Halle Berry last night, right? Um, and, and, it's not just Halle Berry, it's what she said. It's, it's this rising up, right? 
Um, but it's hard to imagine writing this every word, presenting what you're presenting and not have been transformed by it. What would you say was your greatest transmutation characteristic? Oh, it was definitely working with the goddess Danu. Like I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she like pulled me through the ringer and out the other side. Um, and there were moments where she actually stopped talking to me. And, and it was one of those things of I'm on a deadline. I've got this book to write. You don't get to stop talking to me. And she's like, I will stop talking to you whenever I please. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you haven't learned the lesson and until you get it we're not going any further and that was the that was the experience I had while writing that book like I was slapped down beaten around I was had my feet held to the fire I was taken to task because they needed me to be at a very specific level and frequency in order to continue putting the information in the book yeah, because I'm really struck by the fact that in this, and I'm looking at it, and almost as if I saw this, this Venn diagram of the path, the initiation, and the temple, and the language that goes, you know, along with that, but also, when you start to talk about those things, those are not stale, they're not stagnant, they're not in place, it's not looking like looking at clip art, right, it's right. more like looking at three-dimensional animation, in a sense. And by the way, that's you. You are the three-dimensional animation <laughs> in, in the journey of discovery, right? Yeah. Um, I often wonder for myself, and I want to ask you this question about, about the book and the messages and the messages from the goddess, is goddesses. But I often wonder, you know, what else is mine to do here? What else is mine to do to create a better world? What else is mine to do to dot, dot, dot? I ask myself that question every day. And I always say, spirit, please tell me what is mine to do today? And after reading the book, what I'm really struck by is how we can get that guidance from what you've created here. Can you talk to that or, or tell me I'm completely off? You know, you know, it's it, it's it is interesting because you know my wife and I had a similar conversation about this last night. She's she's very deep into spirituality, uh -huh. especially on a theoretical sense. Whereas I'm more of an experiential person. Like I take on a hypothesis and then I want to live through live through it. Right. I want to get from one end to the other, which is pretty much why I write. Um, they're my journey they're my they're my chronological spiritual experiences sometimes they work sometimes they don't um, and I think that one of the things that was really important about this book was how we actually set up our entire life as a devotional practice as a as opposed to actually saying that spirituality is something separate from us that we are the spiritual practice and for me, that was the, that is always the biggest lesson and the biggest teaching of the goddess is the reminder that we are the practice, yeah. that being here in this physical incarnation is the ceremony, is the ritual, is the pilgrimage, is the initiation. And we move through this spiral again and again and again.
I love that you said that because I just finished an interview with Carrie Knudsen and I ended the show because we always were reflecting and we're talking about resilience. And I ended the show, she left with her personal message and I left with mine and mine was you too can have a pet cockroach called the thing. You too can have that. And you know, what did that mean? Because when I look back at my life, you're so right. Every element that I reflect upon now and think about, you know, the loss of my mom at an early, it doesn't matter what it is, shaped mm. me and shaped me at a young age. And I used to ask, why? Why are you, why? I mean, why at age 20 do I have more things in my bucket than most people? I don't ask that question anymore. Because I had to get that. And you described this beautifully. I was just trying to figure out like, like where, and thank you for telling us, us quadruple Sagittarians, thank you for telling us not to jump around in the book, but I also have four planets in Capricorn, so it's cool. <laughs> but to follow the book, tell us about following the book. Because a lot of people are like, ah, structure. But my yeah, it's a, sorry, weird, my, it's a weird phenomenon yeah, in nonfiction, yeah, right? Yeah, it, tell me. It's a weird phenomenon in nonfiction. Like, we don't jump around in fiction books. Like, we know there's a narrative <laughs> story. We know there's characters. We get invested. We want to go on the journey, right? But in yeah. fiction, we're like, like, just give me the meat and potatoes and I'll skip the substance, right? It's like, just just give me the comfort food and, and, and I'll move through the rest. And here's the thing. You can't really stop people from doing that in, in your books, but... I, this book in particular, at the very least, at the very least, I would like, you know, I set up the structure to, to go through the temples, at least from beginning to end. So like, even if you didn't want to go through the entire book from beginning to end, at least pick one of them, whether it's the gateways or one of the temples. And I think that having the initiation and at the beginning, so having an opening ceremony and a closing ceremony for the temples is part of that. So like you get this whole thing of you're taking your own hero's journey or Shiro's journey at this particular point inside this temple that starts with an initiation and finishes with a closing and an ending. So there is a real journey here. There is a parts to this journey to which you will traverse. Mm. Um, and I, I guess for me, coming from an education background, like I, I can, I, I know how long people's attention spans are. So I figure like they could probably stick to a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what, I'll tell you what, if you really do start to start at the beginning, and you know, we're introduced to, you know, we're introduced to certain aspects of ceremony. And I like that we can really pull from what we, what we talk about. I love roses, rose petals, honestly, not quite sure what the association is. I mean, if you knew that I grew up in the Bronx, New York, where I didn't even know anything about, I didn't even know there were roses till I think I was 21. Um, you know, one of the things I love is now what I've learned about ceremony and ritual. It shifts energy. Can you talk about that for a minute? There's something about it that's more than just spreading out your medicine wheel because somebody tells you to do that. 
Yeah, it's 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 interesting because um, I'm just doing revisions on book number eight right now, and again we're <laughs> talking about ritual and ceremony. And I was speaking in that book about how I'm very I, I'm always heavily influenced by my Celtic Roman heritage, and my ancestry on both sides is based on ritual and ceremony, but daily ritual and ceremony. And I feel like for most of us in the postmodern era, we have moved away from making a 24-hour space, small little rituals in which we traverse as opposed to trying to get to-do lists done and be famous and make lots of money, right? So, like, I feel like there has been a shift away from where we actually get our energy from by being nurtured through natural daily devotional practice and having our energy literally sucked out of us by trying to attain um, ego status. So the daily ritual and the ceremony, and I really feel this is why so many people when they, they get into it feel like they've come home because it's a natural state of being to slow down, be deliberate, have those moments of pause and reflection and connect to something Mm -hmm. that's a little bit bigger than you. I love it. You know, I'm struck by like about five different things that I want to talk to you about. We're going to skip the break. For those of you just tuning in, I want to tell you Lisa Robertson's joining us here today. Before we just jump ahead, how do people find out about you? How do they get a copy of the book I have that you don't have? But how did they... Where do we send people to find out, like I did, all of the things you're doing, right, including your latest project, which is coming out, I think now it's May, but tell everybody where everything is. Where everything is. I guess for for publications, like the the best place to go is actually Llewellyn. So if you want to see where that is, you can go to Llewellyn or you can go to my personal website, which has pretty much most of the stuff on there. But Llewellyn's always going to have it up before I do. Um, the other thing is just on social media, like I'm, I'm on most social media platforms. You can just search through my name and you should be able to find me there. Um, but yeah, for the books always go, or the books and the decks always go to Llewellyn because they've already always got stuff up way before I get it to my personal website because they do the pre-orders and they do the teasers. And of course you can't get the Tarot Priestess book yet because it's officially not launching <laughs> till May. <laughs> and then right behind that, there's another release, isn't there? December. December is another book. Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the book. And I had said to you, this was my question to you, uh, because I was talking to Linda this morning. And I said, okay, does the book come with cards? And this particular book doesn't, but that doesn't mean you don't have cards that go with it. Um, I was struck by two things and I want you to comment on them. First of all, we're going to talk about the goddesses in a hot second. But what I loved about this was you introduce us to sacred altars, to altars, AL for a little New York there. I'm just going to A-L-T-A-R, like an altar. And when people come in my house or even in my office, I mean, you could see that behind you right there, mm-hmm. right? That's an altar. That's an altar. I got one over there. 
there's this natural propensity for me to create these. And I had somebody say to me, well, what is that altar for? And I thought, hmm, maybe I should set an intention. But in the book, I loved how you're combining these altars with the cards, with tarot. I didn't even think to do that. So when I'm going through here, I'm thinking, wait a minute, we got the cards. We are creating the altar. I can incorporate the goddesses into this. And that takes on a very specific and powerful blueprint, doesn't it? See, that's a different version. So now I'm going to go back like in my house and I'm going to modify them, right? But I didn't even think to do that. And I've been doing this 20 years. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Altar work is so uh, integral to everything that I do. And I guess for me, it's just normal to have cards on my altar because they're, directing an energy they're setting um they're creating the message they're the communication and space holders for spirit between the physical and the and the vibrational uh so i guess for me i just don't know how to do them any differently yeah right <laughs> this is I, it'd be surprising to me since this is your area of expertise but you do a beautiful job at laying out options for people that may not know where to begin see that's what i also loved about this you know clearly your body of work is in the expertise category but the way you've designed the book and the way you wrote the book is you've created an opening from the very beginning right you've created an opening for people to explore for people to experiment, you know, for people to learn about initiation and gateways by doing, by doing, by doing. And I love that because it is, it, it's not called a workbook. That's a strange term for something like this, but it really is a journey book that you can actually activate by doing things, right? I would like to think so. I would like to think that's the ultimate reader goal from my perspective, um, for sure. Because as I said, I, I, I am an experiential person. I believe in physically living the work. It's not theoretical to me. It is something that we inhabit and immerse and allow to change us and we expand with it we contract with it it's pushed it's pulled it's it's everything um and it's interesting to me people who want to make ceremony just a cerebral thing and and like I you do, mean like you mean do it because you know you got to do it yeah like i followed the to, it's the to-do list mentality right yeah, the right. cerebral the cerebral practitioner is, I have the cards, I have the candle, I did the prayer, but there's no connection. Like yeah. there's no, there's nothing that actually binds the energy because they're not living through the experience and the intuition and the emotional bodies aren't really part of the process. Whereas for me, 
it's an all in type situation. And I kind of work on Gardner's theory of, of education, those eight principles of intelligences. Yeah. And that is that the more we can expand into the different ways of learning and bring different information into our being, whether it's kinetic, whether it's auditory, whether it's, um, you know, visual, uh, whether it's data, the better experience we have and the more we can allow that which we call spirit into our real daily lives as opposed to seeing it as something separate from our our life which mm-hmm. to me it's not because if we are if we are the prayer if we are the ceremony if we are the ritual therefore we are also spirit so it's one of these things of I feel there is a shift for us to come back to the embodiment process and the goddesses are a great place for us because that's what goddess religion really was all about patriarchal religion became theoretical and cerebral goddess religion has always been embodiment immersive transmutative experiential you know i really i really love that every page of this there is something we can do to really rise our consciousness. I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about, well, the book is called Tarot Priestess. And then it's also using the cards to heal, grow, and serve. When we come back, we're going to talk with how the goddesses educated and enlightened Lisa, the author of the book, to prepare this in a way that we could not wiggle out of this. It doesn't matter what page you go to, you're not gonna be able to wiggle out of it. And I'm gonna read this, Benny, and then we'll go to break. This is just for you know, I just, those of you out there, you don't have the book yet, Um, but I was reading about Gateway 3, and I just wanna read this as an example. It says, use your star, moon, and sun cards to craft a small prayer of thanks. I am so loving gratitude, but here it is. Dear goddess, as I have come through the rubble of my past, I have claimed my wild self. The light of your star brought me back to the path. The moon watched over me as I traveled. Here I stand, arms wide open in the light of the sun with a grateful heart. Thank you, goddess, for teaching me. Thank you, goddess, for guiding me. Thank you, goddess, for bringing me back to light. And so it is. Let's take a short break, Benny. When we come back, more from the goddesses, the gateway, and healing. We'll be right back. Have you heard about shifting the collective vibration and consciousness on the planet? Join me, Kimberly Barrett, on the Sharing Love and Light show every first and third Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern at TransformationTalkRadio.com to explore the depth of vibration and consciousness on our planet and learn how you can shine your love and light. To learn more, visit sharingloveandlightshow.com. 
Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Patasek, the fourth Tuesday each month at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the golden age that provides truth and answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you monthly on TransformationTalkRadio.com on Knowledge Book Radio. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of the Dr. Pat Show, and I am the creator of the Transformation Network, doing what we do in the world of positive radio, informed, educated, positive media. Independent radio hosts and independent networks have been the face of positive messaging over the past decade. So all of us here have decided we're going to put together an independent network that is going to enable people to bring their positive message of hope, inspiration, and conscious action to the forefront. Help us create a future of amazing, uplifting stories that can be told so we can tell our children and they can tell their children of what hope and conscious action is all about. I want to thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Um, By the way, I just want to say one of the things we talked about with the book was, uh, and Lisa was telling me this during the break, it doesn't matter like, right? It doesn't matter what deck of cards you use. That's what I love about this. You use whatever you're called to use. And there you go, because it's applicable throughout the book, throughout every exercise. Um, Uh, One more time, Llewellyn is the website they can go to, our friends at Llewellyn. You can do that and go there and take a look. And then um, you have other things coming out. And I want to make sure people know to go to your website. And it's L-E-E, those of you asked me to spell it, L-E-E-Z-A, Robertson Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S.com, Publishings. You can find everything there. Uh, everything I'm referring to, whether it's cards, whether it's books, whether it's what's coming, what's up and coming, whether it's the mermaid, you know, tarot or tarot, whatever it is, it's all here. And then Llewellyn is its own site, L-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N. You'll be able to find it. The book is uh, Tarot Priestess. Everything is there for you. Um, let's talk about the goddess is goddess is goddess says um 
tarot, goddesses, gateway, temples, right? Four suits, minor arcana, all of it. I can't imagine how you put all this together. You had to be being guided to do it. And I bet people are asking you, why these goddesses, right? I mean, that's like I was telling right. you during the break. Why did you pick those two goddesses to put on your wall? I don't even remember picking them. They picked me. But tell us about the process and how the goddesses work with Tarot or Tarot, however you say it. Well, here's what's really interesting for me is my journey to the actual goddess herself was a difficult one. Um, and that's another reason I wrote this book is I, in my 20s, I did not really associate with the goddess work or the goddess culture very much because everyone who was teaching it, in my perspective, was very straight, very hyper-feminine, and I didn't feel that the teachings were overly inclusive as a as a woman who was becoming very aware of the fact that I was queer and didn't quite fit the mold because I was more intellectual, I wasn't interested in the same thing as other women. Um, I felt very excluded from the goddess. I felt shut out. I felt like there wasn't a place for someone like me who didn't conform to this image of what a woman was meant to be. So I had a very disconnected relationship with a goddess probably right up until my, I want to say my late thirties. And I came across the work of Rachel Pollack and Rachel Pollack blew my mind in, in so many ways. And her book, The Body of the Goddess was really my goddess initiation, which is hilarious considering like, you know, my academic training is in art, art history. And, you know, so I did all of, I did all of the antiquities. I did all the goddesses, but my real initiation came from Rachel and it came from that book. And after reading that book and connecting more to my heritage because my heritage wasn't something that was taught in my home um, we didn't really know a lot about the roman side of my family even though my mother was first generation italian my grandfather came over after the second world war as a migrant um, so there wasn't really a lot of understanding there was a lot of very disjointed disconnected pieces of information where I always felt like an outsider to what everyone else got to experience. So when I came to sit down to write the priestess book, it was so important to me that this be an inclusive book, that it, that it, even though it was about feminine power, and even though we were talking about goddesses, that anyone who either identified as a woman in one way or another, or was non-binary, or even identified as a man could come to these practices because we weren't talking about the goddess in a way of costume we weren't talking about the goddess in a way of how we societally want women to be or look or show up or expect them to be we were talking about the goddesses in their purest purest forms um, so that was how my evolution of the goddess worked and how I wrote the teachings of this particular book. 
the four goddesses that ended up in the book are, that's a, that's interesting because I I try to come from my own cultural knowledge and not try and step on the toes of appropriation like there's something hard, quite I don't know sleazy in my mind when we take other people's religions without a real deep understanding of them and I have to tell you like I really wrestled with uh, Sarah's Wadi for a long time a long time about putting her in that book she kept showing up and 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 in the end I went down to the local temple down here and I'm like okay so like this Hindu goddess like keeps popping up she is determined to be in this book I want to make sure I am doing it correctly and I am not infringing upon a religion to which I do not belong or a culture to which I do not belong. And um, my, my friend at the temple, who is Hindu, <laughs> smacked me over the head and says, if Saraswati has shown up to you that many times, you write about her. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> so that's so she ended up getting she ended up getting in the book <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things that this is what i was alluding to before and that is you know some people want to know the why behind things and i've gotten better at it and explaining things like if you come to my house like this do you see the back of my wall Mm -hmm. Okay, so some people will ask me about like the statue in the back, or they'll ask me about like what's on my wall. And I used to try to explain it, but the answer really is the way you just described. It is when, when an energy is coming towards you and is requesting of you whether that is to grab that art piece and put it on your wall or to include this goddess, even though you're like, I never heard of that one before. What is that? Or if it's to put up Athena on my wall and a very special version of Athena. Uh, I think Susan Boulay did this one, this version, you know, of Athena with the Medusa head and, you know, people come in my house and they're like, you just weird. You're just, there's something wrong with you. But I used to try to explain it. And I realized that and outside my bedroom door is a fire red painting slash poster of Madame Pella. There's some things that we just can't explain, but I can explain the energy of putting together. And I think that's what you're talking about, mm. really, isn't it? You know, you were called to include this goddess, this one, put them together. This one goes here. This one goes with this card. But isn't it about the energy that that presents when you put them together? Maybe it's called synergy. What do you think? Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of synergy that happens with, um, with all the things that we do, to be perfectly honest, whether it's devotional practice or ceremony. I know for this particular book, I knew I wanted someone that was considered a light goddess, someone that was considered a dark goddess. So we had the Lilith was the, the dark goddess with the, with the fire there. Um, and the light goddess were the, were the uh, priestesses of Avalon. 
Um, and I knew that I needed someone who was very, very deeply rooted to my personal, uh, my personal heritage. So that was Danu. And as I said, when I was sitting and, and saying that I needed these particular aspects and, and I knew that we needed this balance and this harmony within the goddess, you know, representation of this book, it was just really hard not to have Saraswati there. Like, it was like, mm, no, I'm going to be here. This is where I belong. This is where I balance out the, mm -hmm. the content, balance out the knowledge, balance out the understanding, mm -hmm. and it's going to be okay. And I was like, okay. So then mm -hmm. that was my missing piece. But it, it did take me a long time to like, like finally, you know, immerse her in the book. Like I, I wrote about her separately, mm -hmm. like in mm -hmm. a different document but didn't, hadn't quite put her in the book. Yeah, <laughs> I totally get it though. I mean, you know, it's some of these things I think back on now and I remember my earliest introduction and I used to talk about the fact that I dialed the wrong number 20 years ago. That's why I'm here today talking with you, right? And I now know there are no wrong numbers. There are no mistakes. And I knew I needed to learn some things and I am a student. That's who I am. I am a student. I get to learn from you, but I get to learn about myself. And what I remembered back was, well, wait a minute, Pat. You had exposure to these live uh, priestess types when you were in your teens and then in your 20s, you just forgot. You know, when you participate in rallies with women or festivals, like, I think my corporate career wanted me to erase that, just saying, right? Like my executive corporate career that I had. But then you remember. And something about the remembering ignites something inside of us. Tell us about that. Because I got the sense that that happened to you too. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's so interesting that you, you talk about, you know, going to a protest rally is an initiation. It's also a ceremony. Um, I've been to many corporate academic and business conferences. They are massive, like gateways. Um, like each of these things brings us back to the spiritual self and to ritual over and over and over again. And you touched on something really earlier on in this interview too about how you know when you're in your 20s you wouldn't have thought this and I think for a lot of us age does give us that lovely hindsight of being able to look back and go oh that was definitely a gateway point oh that was definitely oh. an initiation point that was definitely a death and finish point um so like we we have this wonderful perspective of our lives to see the journey of the spiritual yeah. self as opposed to constantly beating ourselves up about mistakes. And for me, that's also part of the remembering. The remembering is, is that this was not a mistake. This was part of the ceremony. This was part of the ritual. This mm -hmm. had to happen. This, you went through this pain for, for a reason. It may not make sense for 20, 30 or 40 years, but you will get to that point where you will see what this was really doing for you at the time. Um, and, I, and I don't make claims like that lightly. Like I, I am a domestic abuse survivor. So like I, I don't make 
those sort of claims flippantly or in, you know, toxic positivity. But there does come a point where you can look back on a traumatic event and, and see it for what it was in the chain of your life, as opposed to a specific horrible event that you beat yourself up for, for the next 20 years and go, how did I ever get into that situation? Mm. The goddess allows us that beautiful moment to remember that the soul is here for an, for a journey. And if that's what the soul needed to feel and reconnect and come back to itself, then that's what it created. Uh, so it, it is one of these things where that remembering ha- can happen in any place at any time with any group of people in any moment. Mm, yeah. I love that we're talking about this and we are talking about the book because it is all part of the conversation, but it really is an initiation conversation of, of a sorts. When I read a book like this and I realize about reflecting upon the power of every one of these, whether it's you know, Saraswati or the King of Swords or whatever it is that we're connecting the dots with. This is really, to me, why this book had to be written. This is the book that we need to put in the hands of people because you're right. I mean, I joked about it on the last show with Carrie um, about having an incident on a plane, you know, driving from Seattle to the West, six hours, basically. And you're in a seat next to a person, right? And And I remember, you know, he's asking me a bunch of questions and I answered them and so forth. But it got to the question where he wanted to know more about my childhood. I don't remember the exact question, but it was more like, how does a person blah, 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 a positive talk radio network. And the answer I gave him was short. It was, well, my childhood wasn't great, but I think it's great now when I look back. I think I learned. I, I, and I said to him, basically, if I, didn't, if I didn't have this perspective on my first 19 years of life, I think I'd pretty much be dead now. And he just looked at me. And, and I went on to say really quickly, I mean, think about it. I grew up a little bit different right out of the womb. Now we talk about spectrum and we talk about I cried for four years, literally screamed. Uh, uncles gave me boxing gloves at age five, Catholic boarding school at age six, got thrown out of Catholic boarding school at age seven, was beat every night there, homeless at 17. Of course, in Catholic boarding school, mom dies, you know, commits suicide, homeless at 17, 19 arrested for something I didn't do. And I said, you know, I wouldn't trade any of that because I think the universe got me and compressed it so that I could do some good, you know what, in life. And, the, and it was so hard for him to hear that. Mm. It's like, how could you talk about these traumatic things? But you see, you just summarized it. And I think that if we could take what you have in the book and really use it for healing, then what we can do is not desensitize those mm-hmm. things, but demystify them right? Yeah. I I think people confuse what healing is these days because everyone's a healer (laughs) and everyone's got a healing modality and everyone's healing something, right? But yeah, Yeah. I don't just saying, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) When, when I think, yeah, I mean, and I think we do confuse 
what we talk about when we we talk about healing but there's always going to be a part of us that comes up for a healing it's not that there's anything wrong with it it's just that it's ready to have a conversation with us it's ready to get to a deeper um relationship with us because when we transform our relationships we take the charge out of them and I always tell people what we're looking for in healing is not to forget not to erase not to delete but to get rid of the charge the thing that amps up the central nervous system the thing that burns out the adrenals that's that's what healing is and we know when we've got to that point because we can talk about it And we can be of real service and assistance when we have got to that point. And it might take 20 years. It might take 30 years. It might take 50s. It might take your whole life and you don't get to do it this time around. Maybe that wasn't your journey. Then that's okay. And what I love about the the working with the the temples here too is we get the opportunity to decide which part of the self is up for this particular healing within this within this temple right here right now um and what was interesting is when i was writing the book i thought i knew what those parts were until i got into the work (laughs) yeah i was wrong but that's okay (laughs) well you know it's interesting i discovered i've just briefly touched the surface in the book right but i discovered something in here and just starting the process or some of the process. And I'm curious about what you discovered because I didn't really get far into it. And then then this thing crawled out from under the rock. Uh, something I thought I had been so done with, right? You know, something I had thought, well, if I'm done with it, why do I keep thinking about it? You know, why, do, why does that thing keep coming up? how much of my father's legacy is going to come up for me. And, you know, what I love about it is you give us the opportunity to really look at it and face it, right? But there are many things. And I think you being you, me being me, the journeys that we're on, and I so appreciate what you're doing here because the depth of this, especially for women, for the feminine, you know, sacred feminine, it is now time to go to this depth, is really the time to go to this depth, not because it's a thing to do, but because there's a pathway to freedom. You know, there's a pathway that helps us be what we are truly being called to be. Do you see what I mean by that? Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I absolutely love that you said that it is through depth that we find freedom because social media is teaching us the complete opposite right right social media is stay on the surface make it all look good you'll be fine and we know that that's not true we know that that is a classic case for burnout anxiety stress panic attacks all of those things that we have seen on the rise and the true path to freedom is to sink below the surface Mm -hmm. acknowledge the fact that the water is murky and then do the work to clear it up you're so right about that. You know, I don't spend a lot of time on social media, but I, because of the business I'm in and because of our network, I have to pay attention to some of it. And I literally cried when I saw a post this weekend. And I had to explain why I was crying. And I'm still trying to understand. 
when two people are having a dialogue on social media about whether or not this war that's going on over there, the Ukrainian-Russia thing, right? That the takeaway from that war is the rise in gas prices. Right. <laughs> I, I'm like... You I, might have missed something. <laughs> <laughs> and the dialogue back and forth about, well, you, you're saying you would rather have lower gas prices and go ahead and kill people. And I'm thinking, wow, have we become this, folks? It can't be the world. It can't be. I, I'm, I'm I naive. Think, I know I'm naive. I know I, I am. I don't think it is the state of the entire world. And, and as I said, my wife, my wife is very, very sensitive. Like she is a <laughs> very much a heart chakra person and she feels everything. And she, she does get caught up in the emotions and, and, the, and the pain of, of situations like this. And sometimes she will, she will crawl into bed at the end of the day mm. and feel really, really hopeless right she'll have yeah. that sense of hopelessness because of what you just said is really yeah. this really where we are is this humanity and i have to remind her no that's just the polarized version that is the loudest that's not where the work is happening there are plenty of people doing the work cleaning themselves up staying in that attunement following the soul and putting really good positive energy into the world and you know what I love about what you just said, and I can't wait to meet your wife, really. Um, you know, you and I come from struggles of identity, which we busted through that curtain. We don't have to think about that anymore. Um, you know, whether you identify as queer, LGBTQ, and it's okay if you don't know the rest of the letters, it shows a modicum of respect that you know that there are letters. Hello, right? I'm ready to get rid of political correctness to have conversations that really bring us at the table. That's what I'm willing to do. Now, I will say there are things you can say and things like you should really look up whether you can say them. But this is where, through your work, this has got to be heart opening action. Back in the day, it was enough to be the heart opening. Back in the day, it was enough to be action. We got to put them together so that we can start with ourselves and become acutely aware of what is ours to do. I got to thank you for all of this. I know the hour has gone quickly. I know folks will get the book when it comes out, but I love the approach you've taken to bringing sacred, spiritual, goddess action to a point where we can learn in depth discovery of who we are, but yet who we can become. That's what I think is the blessing of what you're doing. And I really appreciate you for doing it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Again, tell people how they get to, tell them when they get the book, but it can, <laughs> be, pre, book. It can be pre-ordered. Fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed, May. Um, <laughs> the pre-order should already be on Llewellyn's website. Yes, so it go is. There, mm -hmm. Or look at Book Depository. They probably have pre-orders up as well. Um, those are going to be your best places for the actual book right now because it is not actually in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you do get the book, I want to reiterate, you know, this isn't, you can use whatever deck you have to go through this. Lisa, personal message, what do you want to leave us with? Personal message, 
uh, don't resist the call of the goddess because she's going to come slap you upside your face. So you might as well meet her where she is and move on. 